And so I thought, oh, it'd be great to buy into this office. My expected result outcome was this would create extra revenue by having sub brokers work for me. So I, you know, buy into this office, have these sub brokers work for me, you know, help coach them a little bit because I knew so much at two years in. The actual result was, so within three months, the top broker left to go do his own thing. The second broker went back to work for a bank and I basically spent 40 grand for something I would have got for free if I would have waited. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. Welcome to I Love Mortgage Brokering Podcast. I'm continuing on my 10 loans a month series. This is a tactical podcast that we produce every single week. I'm your host, Scott Peckford. And today I'm going to share with you an experience of buying into a small brokerage early in my career, kind of the mess that I made of that. And then I'm going to give you a tool, a thinking tool from learning from your failures. So you can actually use it, apply to your successes as well. But there's these five questions that I'm going to give you that have been just awesome for looking at failure and distilling down the gold out of it. So you can, you know, learn from it and then hopefully not repeat it. So before we jump into that, though, I want to give a shout out to our title sponsor, Finmo. Finmo is a Canadian mortgage application document collection submission platform that is really easy to use. We use it at our brokerage for our new agents that we train and we like it because it's simple. Clients like it because it's easy to use on their end. It's got some cool features like smart docs, figures out what the client needs for documents based on how they fill out the app. It's got smart submission notes. It's connected to something called Lender Spotlight, which lets you search all the lender rates and guidelines. So again, if you're a Canadian mortgage broker and you're like, hey, I want a tool that's really easy to use, check out finmo.ca. So let's jump into this story about how I bought into this brokerage, what I learned, how you can avoid this mistake. But even more importantly than avoiding the mistakes made in buying into a brokerage, I want to give you this thinking tool because honestly, we've applied it in our coaching academy as well as our brokerage when teaching our agents this. And I think you're going to find this extremely helpful. So I actually don't even think of failure. And when I bought into this brokerage, by the way, so ended up losing about $40,000 when I bought into it. And I'll get into more of the details of the story in a little bit. And I talk about it briefly in episode seven. And when I was in jujitsu, now I'm in Muay Thai, I kind of like this martial arts stuff. My coach always said to me, hey, Scott, you either win or you learn, right? Now, the way I think about failure is completely shifted. So in our academy, we always bring in different mindset coaches, NLP people. So we had a guy in recently who's coached 15 different Olympic athletes, not in their sport, but in mindset. And one of the things that he talked about is he had a failure recovery mechanism. So I'm like, what the heck does that mean? And he said, well, Scott, you know, when people go to the Olympics, you know, they're not all going to win a medal. And in fact, I looked up the stats on this, only 11% of people that participate in the Olympics get a medal. So that's not even like a gold medal. And so that means 89% of them are not going to, you know, if that was their lifelong dream or since they're a child, they're not going to get the result that they were hoping for. And so you can feel like, how do I recover from this, right? Or if you watch professional golfers, they hit a bad shot and, you know, they seem to be able to recover. The good ones recover quickly. If you watch me play golf, which is not that often, I hit a bad shot. I just get another bad shot and another bad shot. I don't have a failure recovery mechanism because I just spiral into, you know, bad. So now with the way I think about failure and I think about it as experiments, I think of myself as life is a grand experiment. I am the person in the lab coat and I'm also the lab rat. And so I'm the lab rat when I'm out doing something, I'm trying out something, I got this experiment. And then I'm the experimenter when I step back and I analyze the situation and go, wait a second, what did I learn here? What would I do different? What led me to this particular result? Basically going through this analysis is where you get to really think about it. And instead of thinking about failure as this negative, horrible thing, I just have curiosity. I'm like, oh, I have a hypothesis. You know, failure to me is an experiment didn't turn out the way I expected. Or maybe it turned out only half as I expected. Or maybe sometimes, we don't usually dwell on these, a failure turns into something better than we could have expected, but we don't think of it that way 
because you know one thing that didn't work out led to something else that was much better for us. So in any case, when I look at this, I think about you know my friend, the, the Olympic mindset coach, who was basically saying, look, you got to have a failure recovery mechanism. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. But even the next step from that is like, okay, what's my failure analysis tool? How do I look at this? And so we created this thinking tool for that. And so I'm going to use this thinking tool and I'm going to use it on this particular experience, which was my experience of buying a brokerage. And so I'm going to go through the five questions and then I'm going to go through how I answer the questions for this brokerage. And then I'm going to give you the questions again so you can kind of write them down. And then we're going to put inside our online portal, we've got this power search feature where you can go in and power search hundreds of episodes. I'll put a copy of this tool. We got it in a PDF. You can get access to it inside that power search tool. So that's at ilovemortgagebrokering.com. Okay, here's the five questions. So first you get to do, think about in your mind, think about a failure that's happened to you. Think about something that didn't work with that you want. What you want to do, you're kind of like your hypothesis. You're the experimenter here, right? What was the expected outcome, right? That's the first question. All right. Second question, what was the actual outcome or result? That's kind of important. This was what I was expecting. This is what actually happened. All right. And then the next question is, what are the three main reasons I believe the result was not as expected? Right. But it's not 100 percent perfect, but it gives you time to think about it. The next question is, what would I do differently if I still wanted to achieve that result? So let's say that outcome, I still wanted it. What would I do different to achieve that result? And then finally, and this is the portable part that you take with you. What was the biggest takeaway or insight from this experiment? Not even failure, just ditch the word failure, replace it with experiment, replace the mindset as curiosity, not as, oh my gosh, crushing defeat. Like it doesn't matter. It's just, you're going to learn from it. And yes, some of these things are going to be in relationships, some are going to be in business. But again, if you have the mindset of the lab coat and the lab rat, you'll have the right mindset for what life is like. Okay, so I'll tell you about how this breaks down for this particular one. So the situation was I was buying into Century 21. One of my buddies was a mortgage broker. He was partners with the owners of the office and they had a mortgage office in the Century 21 office. And so they came to me and the owners were like, Scott, we want out. Can you buy us out of this? And my buddy said, hey, can you buy out my partners? The realtors wanted out because they're like, this seems like a hassle. We just want to sell real estate. The broker was like, hey, can you buy out my partners? Because I don't want realtors as my partners. And so they came to me and pitched me this idea. And it was 40,000 bucks. Now, that was not a ton of money, but at the time, it was a lot of money for me. Because I was two years in the mortgage business. I had just finished my second year, funded 25 million, 25 or 30 million. And things were looking good. I was, you know, rocking and rolling. And actually, I think 25 was the first year, 36 in the second year. You know, you start thinking, I'm kind of a big deal. And so I thought, oh, it'd be great to buy into this office. My expected result outcome was this would create extra revenue by having sub brokers work for me. So I, you know, buy into this office, have these sub brokers work for me, you know, help coach them a little bit because I knew so much at two years in. The actual result was, so within three months, the top broker left to go do his own thing. The second broker went back to work for a bank and I basically spent 40 grand for something I would have got for free if I would have waited. That was the outcome. So what are the three main reasons I believe that we got this result? First was I only talked to the owners and not the brokers. That was a huge mistake. So I talked to the owners. I talked to my buddy. I didn't talk to the people that were working their day to day and what they thought of it. And because of that, I, I was I had a huge blind spot when it came to what was going on with this business. That was the first mistake. The second mistake was I didn't negotiate a trial period. So I could have easily said, look, this sounds like a great opportunity. Happy to do it. You got to give me three or six months to come in. I got to actually see if this is something before I'm willing to write you a check. I'm sure given the situation, they would have agreed to some version of that. I didn't even try to get that. And then the last thing is I actually didn't listen to my wife. My wife's like, this is a huge distraction. You just funded 36 million. Your business is going great. Why are you getting yourself distracted with coaching other people? Just focus on your own business. And so I remember when we had talked about this, my wife and I, we chatted and then I would chat with those guys and I said, okay, I'm going to go tell them I'm not going to do it. You know, I'm not going to buy into this business and I'm not going to buy those partners. I'm just going to, you know, tell them I'm going to go back and focus on my mortgage business. Well, went there, came back, said, oh, I bought into the business. She's like, what the flip? Like, that's not what you said you're going to do. Of course, you know, it wasn't the right call. And certainly she was completely 
completely right. It was a distraction. So that was my three sort of reasons I didn't get the result I expected. It was a distraction from my core business. I didn't negotiate a trial period. And I only talked to the owners, not the brokers. So if sitting in that same situation, I could go back, you know, teleport myself back and sit down and slap myself upside the head. What would I say to myself now? What would I do different? First is I would negotiate a no fee trial period, say up to six months. I'd say first thing is, look, this sounds like a great opportunity, guys. I appreciate it. But I need to do this slowly. I'm not going to just jump in with both feet and money. And if they don't want that, that's fine. And I guarantee you that if I would have waited, they would have given it to me. The second thing I would have done was what I called undercover boss strategy. So I have a friend who bought a business once and had about 50 employees. And so you talked to the owner and the owner said, sure, you can buy it. He said, okay, but don't tell anybody that I'm buying it. What I want to do, I want you to tell people that you're just hiring me as an employee. And then he went into that business and got to know all of the people working there, got to find out all the grievances, all the... And so when he finally took over, he said, okay, guys, I'm buying the business. They literally told him everything. He knew exactly who he needed to keep. He knew exactly who he needed to let go. He basically knew what was going on with that business. I didn't do any of that. If I would have done that, I guarantee you, they would have said to me, I'm planning on leaving, Scott. You know, I'm planning on, you know, going back to the bank. I'd have been like, okay, there's nothing to buy here. Didn't do that. You know, in hindsight, again, with the lesson here is I should talk to the brokers and not just the owners, but the brokers as well. Do the undercover boss thing. And then the third sort of reason I didn't get it, it was such a distraction. My time per week was messed up. And now, so in my academy, we teach people what we call our ideal work day, you know, your game day, what that looks like, how to organize your day. I got so much more going on now and I'm way more organized. At that time, I didn't know how to do it. And so because of that, it just turned into a massive time suck. So bottom of this brokerage, you know, expected to be able to do a little bit of coaching for brokers, put 40 grand in, lost my 40 grand within a couple of months, they all left. So what is the biggest takeaway or insight from this experiment? First, of course, apply the undercover boss strategy. If you're buying into something, figure out as much as you can, get a 360 on it, negotiate a trial period to ensure it's going to work, you know, make a small bet. That's one of the things I do all the time now in businesses. I try to go, what's the small test I can make to see if this is actually valid. And then finally stick to the activities that make me money. So like, sure, this was a novel idea, but honestly, it was a massive waste of time. And I did end up making my money back. So it took a little bit of time. And so the only thing that did for me is it got me in that real estate office. So I made friends with a bunch of realtors. And of course, eventually I made back my $40,000 from referrals from those agents over time. But in hindsight, not a good idea. And so now that I have this tool for analyzing how I look at failure, it's you're the lab coat and the lab rat. I love to go back now and look at these situations and pull out the gold in it. So a quick recap, here's the five questions. What was the expected outcome? What was the actual outcome? What are the three main reasons I believe we got that outcome? What would I do different if I still wanted to achieve that outcome? And what was the biggest takeaway or insight from this experiment? And so that's it. You distill those five things down. And if you go to islandmortgagebrokering.com, get the power search tool inside there, you'll be able to find a copy of this downloadable for you. And you can use this in your business. Imagine you lose a file. So you lose a file, go back to expected outcome. I was going to get this file. What was the actual result? Well, I lost this client. What are the three main reasons I believe I lost the client, right? Okay, da, 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 awesome. What would I do different? I still wanted to keep that client. I would do this, this, and this. Okay, my biggest takeaway. You will accelerate your learning so much faster. Show up with a mindset of curiosity. Don't beat yourself up. It's life. Life's an experiment. You get to try all these experiments. Some things work, some things don't. Move on and enjoy the ride. All right, so hopefully you found that useful. If you're listening to this, I'd encourage you to go check out 10loansamonth.com. So we have an academy where we have some amazing coaches. They all have a unique superpower. Each of those coaches work with a small number of clients. They're all busy, successful mortgage brokers, you know, between 50 and 300 million a year in production. And if you want to find out how we can potentially help you, go check out 10loansamonth.com. That's with the number 10. A couple quick things about that. We only open up doors to the academy a few times a year. Two, we're always limited in space. All the coaches are 
full-time active successful mortgage brokers so there's a limited space but if you're on that wait list you will get an invite to our spots before we release them to the public so go check out 10loansamonth.com and if you want to get access to this tool this thinking tool that we developed to help you make better decisions to learn from your failure to have the lab coat and the lab rat mentality go to ilovemortgagebrokering.com set up a power search account for free and then you can go find it guys i hope you enjoy this episode we'll be chatting with you guys soon This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.